Three, two, one, roll the footage. Welcome back to the Strategy Sprints podcast. I'm your host, Simon Severino, and my guest today is the founder and CEO of Siler Tucker Incorporated. As one of only three women in the U.S. who holds a mergers and acquisitions master intermediary degree title and has a wealth of experience regarding buying, selling, fixing, and growing businesses. Welcome, everybody. Michelle Siler Tucker. Hi, Simon. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So cool to have you here and also super relevant the topic that we will be discussing, how to create a business that is highly sellable. Yeah, so you can exit rich, like the theme of my book. <laughs> yes. And uh, especially in this time, not the easiest thing in the world, so super relevant. And tell us, what are you currently creating? Well, I've, I'm currently creating a bestsellers campaign for my book, Exit Rich, you know, because our, our dream is to make all the list, Wall Street Journal, USA Today, New York Times, We've already made the Amazon list number one for business for um, for acquiring a business, business evaluations, etc. So we've already made the Amazon's bestsellers list. Now we're working on all the other ones. That's what we're creating right now, and we're hoping you know we're hoping business owners create wealth by planning their exit early on and creating a business that buyers will want to pay top dollar for. Absolutely, and um, so if you can pick only one person. Who, when everybody's zigging, this person is zagging, but they are doing the right thing. Who would you pick? I would probably say, you know, that's a tough question because I think there's a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs that are zagging when other people are zigging, and that's what entrepreneurship is all about, right? Um, I think I'm even zagging because I'm coming out with a book in the middle of COVID. <laughs> but I would say Elon Musk. You know, he's always zagging when everybody else is zigging. He marches to the beat of his own drum. He listens to his intuition. You know, he just moved his entire company during COVID to Texas and left California. So I would say he would probably be, uh, you know, top of my list. Maybe him and then Warren Buffett. How is it to do a book tour in a pandemic? So what, what's your angle? Well, good question. <laughs> it is very different because we finished, uh, I finished writing uh, my book, Exit Rich, with Sharon Lecter, co-author. Sharon Lecter is my co-author. She wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad with Robert Kiyosaki. So she's been a New York Times bestselling author five times. Um, so we, you know, initially had a bunch of stages lined up and then COVID happened. So our ingo is we're doing a lot of podcasts. We're doing a lot of radio shows, TV, articles. Um, we're trying to do things to think outside the box, like reach out to book influencers that have, you know, a million followers on Instagram, um, doing some unique email campaigns, some unique book signings, you know, so we're just really throwing the box away and doing things differently because that's what you have to do. You have to pivot, you know, when life throws you a curveball, uh, like a pandemic, you gotta, you gotta think differently. You gotta pivot. Absolutely. And so, Tell us a little bit about your business and who the ideal client is. So I'm a Mergers and Acquisitions Master Intermediary. Um, been in business for 20 years. My company and I have sold over a thousand companies. I've done thousands of valuations. We specialize in buying, selling, fixing, growing companies. I don't just sell businesses. I buy businesses. I flip them. 
also partnering with business owners to help them build a successful business running on all the six cylinders, all six P's, so they too can exit rich. And an ideal client for me on the sell side um, is, is a business owner, it's been in business. You know, it doesn't really matter how long they've been in business, um, but, but a business owner that's been in business, that's ready to sell, knows they want to sell, and, um, you know, is, is a $10 million and up client. Now, I typically focus only on businesses $10 million and up, However, I do have a team of agents and analysts that sell smaller business as well. So an ideal client is somebody who wants to sell their business or somebody who really needs a partner, needs some capital, um, needs some resources and experience that we can partner with and help grow them into a build-to-sell plan. Beautiful. What are the three books that shaped you most? Um, other than my own books? <laughs> I would say I would say Rich Dad Poor Dad from Robert Kiyosaki and my co-author Sharon Lecter. Um, Love him or hate him, The Art of the Deal by Donald Trump. You know, because I think that was a great book. Um, I really like Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill Foundation, and I'm also going to throw in one more book called The One Thing by Gary Keller, who owns Keller Real Estate. Beautiful. What have you recently changed your mind about? What have I recently changed my mind about? Hmm. I changed my mind that I'm not, that, you know, I was dead set on publishing, coming out with the book in 2020. So I changed my mind about that. And now we're coming out with it in 2021. <laughs> so that's the most recent thing I've changed my mind about. You know, you got to be flexible. Like I said, you got to pivot. Would you, now with the, with the knowledge of hindsight, would you change the publishing date of this book or would you would you would you do it differently in any way no i think you know we have changed the publishing date a few times because we had to and i'm not the only author that's had to change the published date most authors are having to, to pivot and change the date and you know look we all go into business and go into writing books with a certain plan but plans have to be flexible you have to adapt you know, and, and you have to look at, okay, what's the best outcome here? Is it to stick to this date and be so regimented that you're not going to be flexible? Well, no, regiment, being regimented can be the kiss of death. So you got to be flexible. You got to listen to the experts. You got to listen to other people's core competencies and do what they, they're suggesting that you do. Because I, I just signed my first book deal. And Congratulations. Thanks. And we plan to to get it out February 2022. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, the, I, I, I will just, no planes. I'm just planning the whole thing with no planes in mind. Every, every, everything digital, affiliate marketing and everything that you can do via email, basically. Right. Yeah, and that's, you know, and that's good. And hopefully February 22 will be way out of this pandemic and hopefully there won't be any more. <laughs> and that would be a good date for you. And you're doing everything digitally. We can't do everything digitally because we are trying to make certain lists and they require you to sell so many hardcovers. Uh, yeah, and the hardcover doesn't travel so well I across countries, I, I heard. It doesn't travel so well across what? Across countries. That's true. You can That's, do That's why yeah. in America, everybody gets a hardcover shipped to their doorstep. In other countries that buy Exit Rich, 
they receive the digital download right away. And then um, after pub date, we send them the Kindle version. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, where can people find out more about you? Where should they go? Well, they if they want to buy the book, they should go to exitrichbook.com. We are in the middle of pre-sales right now. And if they go to exitrichbook.com, they can they can buy the book today. They don't have to wait to the launch date. They can buy the book today for $24.79, which is less expensive than Amazon. And that price includes receiving an immediate um, digital download from us, plus a hardcover sent to your doorstep if you're in America. If you're not in America, we'll send you the Kindle version. Plus, it includes a lifetime membership into Exit Rich Book Club. And Exit Rich Book Club has video training, lots of content. Most importantly, has documents. Every business has to have documents. They have to have non-competes, employee handbooks, organizational charts, um, policy and procedure manuals. They need to have, to sell a business, you need to have a letter of intent agreement. You need to have a purchase agreement. You need to have due diligence checklists, closing docs. All of these documentation is worth thousands upon thousands of dollars. At Exit Rich Book Club, you get them for free. You can download them as well. And we're also giving 30 days free membership into club CEOs, which is a like-minded entrepreneurial group where we do masterminds and, and Q&As and hot seats in which to really build a network to help people not just survive, but thrive on the other side of this pandemic. So they too can exit rich. And then they can also go to salotucker.com to get more information about me. Tell us more about the masterminds. What, who, who should join? How do they take place? Who should join and how do they what? How do, how do they run? Yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's, um, it's twice a month and it's typically ran by me. Sometimes my partner, Sharon Lecter, uh, can participate. But um, we do Q&As. We, we ask, you know, I like, to, I like to get to know people. So I want to know who's in the group. What type of business are you, do you have? What's your biggest challenge? What are you trying to accomplish? What's your biggest objective? And really try to help solve problems. I mean, that's what we do. We solve problems. If you read my book, Exit Rich, it's all about, you know, building a business that's sustainable, scalable, and when you're ready, sellable. And it's about how to solve problems. What's, what's up next? What do you need to solve in the next quarter? What's up next? Well, we need to finish the launch of Exit Rich. Um, then I will probably have another. I have several other books. Um, then I'm going to write one I've already written. It's all on, on the buy side of how to acquire businesses um, with no money down, how to grow through acquisitions, how to quit your corporate job and buy a business. You know, so it's all about the acquiring side. Plus, I got probably five or six more books after that. Um, and we're just going to keep, you know, working with business owners, helping them save their businesses, helping them retire rich. Well, what, what fascinates you about writing books that you're doing so many? I've always been a writer. As a child, I never played with toys. I wasn't your typical little girl. I didn't play with dolls. In fact, I thought it was a colossal waste of time. <laughs> so I would run around with a notebook and a pen, and I would walk up to complete strangers and ask them a bunch of questions. So I've always been interested in people. I've always been interested in writing. You know, um, I've always liked solving problems, coming up with solutions. And entrepreneurship is obviously in my blood. I own many different companies. I don't just sell businesses. I also buy them and run them. Um, 
And I just like writing. I think, you know, it's the best way to communicate your message and get your point out there. Plus, you know, creating books is a good way to educate a massive audience at one time and um, a good way to let business owners know there's a better way to run your business and there's a better way to sell your business so you don't become a statistic. I want to know more about your book and maybe you tell us some some parts out of it so that we can get a little bit of a taste of the book. But first, one word from our sponsors. Hey, if you like the tools, go grab them for free at strategysprints.com slash tools. Tell us more about the book, Exit Bridge. That was quick. <laughs> sure. So... One of, the, one of the philosophies that I cover in Exit Rich is we kind of address the biggest mistake that business owners make. Because according to Steve Forbes, and Steve Forbes um, endorsed Exit Rich, he gave us a glowing testimonial. But according to Steve Forbes, eight out of 10 businesses will not sell. So why do eight out of 10 businesses don't sell in America? I mean, that's a huge statistic. Well, the number one reason they don't sell is because business owners never plan their exit. They never think about selling until an internal or external catastrophic event has happened. They come to me when there's a death in the family or there's divorce or health issues or partner disputes or COVID. When there's a catastrophic event, internal or external, that's typically the worst time to sell your business, not the best time to sell. So the best time to sell is always when your business is doing well. Okay. So one of the big things that we talk about strategies in Exit Ridge is what I call the GPS exit model. You need to plan your exit from day one of starting or buying a business. It's, I mean, it's kind of like when you drive somewhere, what's the first thing that you do anywhere in the world? We pull out our phone, right? And we go to Google Maps or Waves or whatever program you use and you plug in your destination, right? You need, to, you need an end game. You need to know where you're going. So business owners... They never have a destination. They just drive around in circles. They drive up and down those financial hills, ending up nowhere. So business owners need to say, okay, listen, here's my end game. Here's my desired des destination. I want to sell my business for $20 million. Great. Now we got a number. That's the beginning of a plan. Now what does a GPS exit model need? It needs to know where you're starting from. What is your current location? What is your business worth right now? Most businesses in America have no idea what their business is worth because they never get a business evaluation checkup. And you should have your business evaluated every single year because there are events that increase valuation and decrease valuation. So know what your business is worth. So get evaluation. So if you say, okay, I want to sell for $20 million. I'm currently worth $5 million. Great. We know what our end game is. We know what we're starting from. Now you need to know time frame. Let's say you want to do it in 10 years. I want to sell for $20 million, I'm worth $5 million, I want to do it in 10 years. Now you need to know who's your buyers, buyers, not buyer. Who are your buyers going to be? So there's five types of buyers. Here's who you don't want to be your buyer. You're not going to sell to a first-time buyer because they can't afford a $20 million company. And you can't sell to a turnaround specialist because they buy distressed assets. So the most important thing is determine who your buyers are going to be. It's probably going to be a private equity group. A strategic or a competitor, and strategic and competitors buy synergies and they pay more money for those certain synergies, or it could be a serial entrepreneur or sophisticated buyer. Then you need to know, well, gosh, if I want to sell a $20 million company, what do the financials need to look like? 
Where do my gross revenues have to be? Where does my EBITDA, earnings before interest taxes, amortization have to be? And so to sell a $20 million company, you need to be around, you know, three, four, five million dollars, three to five million dollars in EBITDA. Now you need to know, well, what are those buyers characteristics? What do they look for in buying a business? And then most importantly, you need to know what is my why? Why do I want to sell a business for $20 million? Simon, if the why is not powerful enough, you'll never stay in the game. You know, selling a business for $20 million, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. It's not easy. There are a lot of financial hurdles. There's a lot of obstacles. There's a lot of hoops you got to jump through. And you really got to be tough to stay in the game. And you got to be motivated. And the only way to stay motivated is by having a powerful why to keep you in that game. So that is what we call the GPS exit model. Then when you figure that out, then you build your business to suit the buyer's criteria based upon what we call in the book, the ST6Ps. Any questions? A lot of questions. One, <laughs> for example, what to, what to really consider in terms of raising the valuation? I, I guess there are some KPIs like EBITDA, like revenue that everybody is checking, but maybe there are some KPIs where you say, hey, people, you are not taking that seriously enough. This is really important. You have to measure that. Yeah, so that's when we get into the foundation of the business, and that's what I call the six Ps. Would you like me to start going over the six yeah. Ps? Because that's a piece of the book. So mm -hmm. number one, we, when we do valuations and we look at the KPIs, when we look at valuations, we base it on several different things. We base it on industry comps, market comps, discounted cash flow, asset approach, and what I call the six Ps. The six Ps are the synergies the strategic competitors and private equity groups will pay a lot of money for. And this is how we evaluate businesses. Number one, P is people. You don't build a business, you build people and people build the business. There are so many businesses in America that are 1000% dependent upon that owner. And you pull that owner out of the business, there is no business, okay? So buyers wanna buy a business, not a job. I have dental practices coming to me, one dentist. Dental hygienist, you pull that dentist out of the business, is there a business anymore? No. <laughs> same thing with a chiropractor practice, same thing with a law firm. All these professional practices have to build a business because all they're doing right now is operating a job. So number one is people. You have to have the right people in the right seats. Business owners need to hire, um, focus on their strengths, hire their weaknesses, and ask the who question. Who opens the doors? Who deals with clients? Who deals with customer service issues, legal issues, accounting? Who deals with environmental, logistics, transportation, manufacturing? The clue, Simon, is you should never be next to the who. You need to build a business that runs without you. The number one reason that businesses are not sellable is because the business is 1,000% dependent upon the owner. You have to build a business. Most, a lot of businesses in, in America are jobs, they're not businesses. Number two is product. You have to ask yourself, is your industry on the way up or on the way out? Do you have an Amazon or do you have a Blockbuster? And if you have a Blockbuster, what do you have to do? You have to pivot. You have to align yourself with an expert that can maybe see things that you're not clearly seeing because when you're in the fog, it's foggy. So you have to align yourself with an expert and ask three transformational questions. Amazon did this. Amazon asked themselves years ago, 
what business are we in? And I said, well, we're in a book selling business. What do we do really, really well, better than anyone else? We do fulfillment really, really well. What business should we be in? We should be in a fulfillment business. Those three transformational questions took Amazon from a seller, a small time bookseller to a multi-billion dollar worldwide conglomerate that they are today. So product is huge. If you're in a dying industry, if you don't pivot, if you don't make some changes, you'll end up going out of business rather quickly. And buyers are not going to buy you. If you're in a dying industry, they're not going to buy your business. Right now, nobody wants to buy restaurants because of COVID. Okay. And then the third P is processes. Processes are very important. A lot of business owners don't think of processes until they have to because a catastrophic event occurred. Let's say somebody got hurt um, on, on the floor, the manufacturing floor. Well, now they want to do a process for health and safety or a client complains and they put it all over the internet. Now they want to have a customer service policy. You want to have those processes and procedures and policies from day one of starting or buying a business. Of course, you tweak them along the way, but you want to make sure that they're designed with the customer experience in mind. And they should be efficient, productive, and documented. There are so many companies that don't have policy and procedure manuals. You need PP manuals, you need SOP, standard operating procedures, and you need to make sure your clients or your employees are trained on all. Any questions so far? Three Ps so far. Three Ps. Number four P is the highest value driver. This could take you from a five, a five multiple to a 10X multiple. And this is what we call proprietary. There's six pillars to proprietary, but number one in proprietary is branding. How well branded are you? The more well branded your company is, the more I can sell your business for, as long as your brand is relevant in the mind of the consumer. So Blockbuster, does anybody want to pay for Blockbuster? No, because they went belly up. <laughs> they bust. Blockbuster is a bust. The biggest brand in the world is, do you know? Biggest brand in the world. In the world. Alphabet. What's that? You don't know? Apple. Apple. Apple is the largest brand in the world worth $189 billion. That's just for the brand. That's what the brand will sell for. That's not including cash flow. That's not including assets, inventory, real estate, accounts receivables, anything else. That's just the brand. So build your brand and you'll build your exit so you can exit rich. The other thing that's really big is trademarks. <clears throat> Any type of trademarks you have, like on your company name, your slogans, your podcast, a lot of business owners in the United States will go out and get a state trademark, but they never check the government database to make sure that it's available on a federal level. So you can be in business for 10, 15, 20 years in America, and all of a sudden receive a system desist letter in the mail, and you have to stop using that name. You have to start all over again. So it's very important to get a federal trademark. If you own a podcast, same thing. You could be building up your, your brand and your podcast and now you have to stop using it. So make sure you get a trademark. The other thing is patents are very valuable. Do you ever watch Shark Tank? Yeah. What are the, what's the questions I always ask on Shark Tank? Every single shark asks the same question every time to every, to, uh, every inventor. What do I ask? Are you patented? That's right. Are you patented? Do you have a patent on that? Do you have a patent pending? 
Do you have a utility patent? Patents are worth a lot of money. Protect your product and get a patent. And then contracts are very important too. Manufacturing, vendor contracts, distribution, franchise order has a lot of franchisees. The most valuable contract of all, Simon, are client contracts because buyers will pay more money for a business that's in revenue and has reoccurring clients, has reoccurring revenue, reoccurring revenue streams and work in progress, money coming in the door. So here's the caveat in America is that most business owners don't have the two sentence transferability clause. So when a business sells, 99.9% .9 of all sales are asset sales, not stock sales. You have to have that transferability clause. If you don't have that, then your deal can fall dead in its tracks and you have to start over. So make sure you do that. And then databases are really big, especially if the clients can be retargeted and repurposed. Um, Facebook paid $19 billion for WhatsApp. And WhatsApp was hemorrhaging, <laughs> not just losing money. They were hemorrhaging. But guess what they had, Simon? They had a billion users. And, WhatsApp, and Facebook knew they could monetize. They could ROI from those users. So databases are really important. Also, IP real estate. Let's say that there's a company that manufactures bedding and they're number one on Wayfair or number one on Amazon. Strategists and competitors will pay a lot of money for that number one spot on Etsy, Wayfair, Amazon. Let's say that you have a skincare line and you're number one with Oprah Winfrey and she's endorsed your product. Celebrity endorsements are huge. That's why we call these IP real estates. And strategists and competitors will pay a lot of money for this. Um, and then the last, the, the fifth P, are you ready for the fifth one? You're being so patient. <laughs> yes, it's a great checklist. The fifth P is patrons, which is your customer base. In America, a lot of businesses function on the 80-20 rule, where 80% of the revenue comes from 20% of their clients. If you lose a few clients, you could practically be out of business. So you want to make sure you go from customer concentration to customer diversification. And then if, you're, if your business has been in business 20, 30, 40, 50 years, your clients are probably aging out. And one thing that business owners don't always do very well is they don't diversify and go after those millennial buyers because millennials buy very differently than the way baby boomers buy, right? So you always got to innovate. I call it AIM, always innovate and market. And then the last P, the most important P to all of us entrepreneurs is profits. We're all in business to make money. But Simon, profits is never the problem. It's always a symptom of not operating one of the other five Ps. A lot of um, buy, clients will come to me, sellers will come to me and say, Michelle, I have a profit problem. I'm like, no, you have a people problem or you have a process problem. It's never the problem. It's a symptom of not having your ducks in a row. Makes sense? Many times it's the SOPs missing in the processes because they're reinventing the wheel every time and that that eats up the profit margins, right? Absolutely. And, you know, in, in restaurants, if your processes are not really efficient, then it could cost you a lot of money and waste, right? And overhead. So processes are huge to making sure your company stays, stays and maintains profitability. Wow, Michelle, you gave us a, a really applicable, beautiful checklist. And people, if even if you're starting out right now, that's a checklist that you can use as a thinking tool right now because right. you need to have all these elements in place, of course, in the in the first years. But right. 
to think it through and um, ask yourself these questions is a very good exercise that you should really do once once a year and go through all these questions. So get the book, Exit Rich, and um, thank you, Michelle, for You're sharing. Welcome. Make sure they go to exitrichbook.com. Exitrichbook.com. Right. And who should be my next guest? Who should be your next guest? (laughs) Well, it depends. I mean, what subject matter do you want to discuss? Somebody who has a good CEO tip. Okay. Uh, Gosh, I have so many. David Corbin, really good friend of mine. He always has great CEO tips. He's written several books. Um, he wrote a book called Brand Slaughter. He wrote another book called um, Illuminate. Great, great, great guy. And funny. I'm not that funny. He's really funny. He'll have you in stitches the whole interview. <laughs> Thank you so much, Michelle, for sharing all this knowledge with us. Stay safe and come back soon. Thank you so much for having me, Simon. It was a pleasure being with you. Thank you. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.